You know, when you make a comment off screen and it's the last thing you hear and like you come <laughs> on and you're still laughing. Yeah, that's what just happened backstage. And we're not sharing what happened. Oh, no, we're not. No, we're not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but welcome. It is Friday at 2 p.m. So if you're here with us live, it is time for another Kick-Ass Career Conversation. I am Kim. And I'm Louise. And we're joined by Keisha today. We're so happy you're here. Yay. Keisha in Kansas. You got it. Sweet. Um, so we want to start this week how we start every week. What are we celebrating? <laughs> you just said Keisha in Kansas. I'm like, I'm Wheezy in Winnipeg. That's like my, Aww. that was my nickname growing up. I love um, that. And I'm Kim in Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> you got to work on that. You got to move someplace that starts with a K. Okay. The ones that come to mind, I'm not real keen on. Oh, so, okay. Well, not that there's anything wrong with Kansas. It's just <laughs> not my jam. I take no offense. It takes a very special person to uh, find the beauty that's in Kansas, right? It's just a, it's a, it's a less dramatic. Amen to that. Yes. Yes. For sure. Um, we all need a little less drama in our lives sometimes too. Um, yeah, uh, my celebrations actually revolve around the place I live today. Um, I woke up this morning. It was one of those picture perfect postcard moments where you look outside your window and everything is white. Um, the trees, uh, like everything. And it was it was pretty, Kim. It was pretty. I know it's coming your way eventually. Um, but it really was pretty. And that first snowfall, as much as I don't like it because it crashes in on my fall, my favorite season, um, it does have some really beautiful moments. And it just kind of brought a whole like soothing, like calm peace uh, to me, right? Like it just, it felt like a big sigh. And so, yeah, so I'm celebrating Winnipeg winter today. I won't be celebrating Winnipeg winter in January. Don't get me wrong. Um, but this week I am. <laughs> Much like not having an easily accessible K place for me to live, you're not selling Winnipeg on like <laughs> me either. Like that is not making me. I love you. I'll see you in May. <laughs> Everyone needs to visit Winnipeg in the winter. I swear it is a unique experience that we all should have at least once. How about I come visit you on my way to Mexico? <laughs> and apparently we're having some audio problems over on LinkedIn. Um, so <laughs> you can't hear me say this. <laughs> We are connected to LinkedIn. For some reason, it's not working well. So, um, Keisha, why don't you share what you're celebrating? I'm going to see if I can problem solve, like I'm a tech expert. Hey, we have to be resourceful, right? Excellent. Uh, yeah, so I'm celebrating really just the expansion that I feel like I'm in right now. I just started with a new coach, and I can already just see the space that uh, that's being opened up for who knows what, right? Like the new good stuff that's coming in. So I'm really just, ex just celebrating that. Oh yes. Like that capacity, 
right? Yeah. And we need to create that space so that we can welcome those things in. Um, when our plates get too full, like, those things bounce off us. And um, I like that. Um, so yeah, thank you for sharing that, Keisha, um, and celebrating. Uh, Kim? What am I celebrating? I am celebrating, celebrating a lot of really amazing conversations this week. Um, I started out the week by running a phenomenal training program for um, one of my nonprofit clients. And it was the first time that I had run it in this specific way. And it was, it was fun. It was engaging. They walked away with some amazing action steps. Um, and so that really set the tenor for the week. And then Tuesday was not so great. It was very, I was exhausted. Like I hadn't felt exhaustion in a long time. Um, listen to my body, which we were going to be talking about later. Um, but the rest of the week, it was like one amazing conversation after another. And it, it's times like this where it's like, um, I don't know why a swear jar came to mind, but it's like when your swear jar overflows with money because it's been one of those weeks, but for the opposite reason, I feel like it, like my joy jar is overflowing and it's, it's really, it's an amazing place to be. Um, and so that's what I'm celebrating is just a lot of conversations that have filled up my joy jar, probably my swear jar too, but I, I didn't keep track of those things. <laughs> Um, Keisha, before we get much further in this conversation, I would love to introduce the world to you. If that's okay, I'm going to share your bio with them. Okay, perfect. All right. So after years of unknown symptoms and debilitating fatigue, Keisha finally broke free from her soul-sucking life. I love that phrase. Like, I don't love that you had a soul-sucking life, but I love that phrase because you can feel it. Soul-sucking life when she calmed her candida overgrowth. She now empowers other women struggling with exhaustion, anxiety, and cravings to regain their energy, focus, and stability so they can actively live a life they love. Keisha spends her free time mountain biking, hiking, reading, resting, I love that too, and enjoying the company of good people. Keisha, we are so, so glad you're here. Thank you. I'm really honored to be here with you ladies. Fantastic. Um, I'm really curious on what that career journey has been like for you. You know, often we have these crayon scribbles on paper and we just never know how we got where we were. But can you reflect with us and share with our listeners a little bit kind of what brought you to where you are? What's that been like for you? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I started as a massage therapist, actually, and uh, really started learning about the capacity of the body to heal. And I really, I didn't know, even as a massage therapist, I really didn't know much about how the body actually worked. You know, I knew the mechanics and the muscles and the bones and such, but uh, the actual what's going on in there and what impacts how they work. So uh, I really started to understand that the people that were doing the work behind the scenes, uh, not just in the massage therapy room, were deeply, they were impacted by my treatment deeper, right? So my treatment lasted longer. They didn't come back and say, yeah, it was good for a day or two. And then all my symptoms came back. 
right? So I started to get a grip on what self-care actually looks like. And it's not just a massage, right? So, uh, and I started getting worn out as the massage therapist because there were lots of people that I felt started using massage as a prescription drug, if you will. Uh, because they would just not do any of their work behind the scenes and then come in and want me to help them feel better. And I really just couldn't, right? I could do it for a little while. I could help them feel better for a day or two. But then beyond that, they were living in the soup that they created, right? So I started then at that point just learning and doing my own work. And I picked up a book uh, called Crazy Sexy Diet by Chris Carr. Actually, one of my uh, clients gave it to me. And I was appalled at uh, the direction I was headed in my life. I was like, oh, dear, this is going to go wrong if I don't start making some of my own changes. And so I started working, you know, just doing cleanse after cleanse. But then I went back to the same sad way. So it was like there's more to it than food, uh, all the things. So then I started talking to my massage clients a little bit about how they can help me help them. I wanted to put a sign in the room forever. I never did it, but. I wanted to put a sign in the room that said the work that happens inside this room is equal to the work that happens outside of this room. Uh, so I never presented that to my clients because, like I said, they weren't there to work on their bodies. They were there for me to work on their bodies. So um, then I quit massage therapy and uh, so I, we built a house. My husband and I built a house. And that's when my life took a crash and I got ill. And so then I had to walk myself back out of that. And through that process, I went to uh, IIN, the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. I became a health coach, blah, blah, blah. I, you know, we, we do our own work and then we're able to help people through empathy and compassion. Right. I mean, I heard a quote recently that said, you can only coach someone through something that you've been through. And I don't know if that's true or not, but I know that it definitely adds an element that other people who haven't had the same experience would be able to, they, you know, it, it's just, it, it adds a deeper element to it. Yeah. You know, that uh, what I love about your story is that like you knew that there was something more, right? Like something's not landing with your with your clients, but something's not landing with you either. And that it's this right way. It, sometimes it's this slow collection of information that we gather um, through a job or through a business or whatever that can look like. But it, it when we're paying attention, we get to actually say, okay, yeah, what is this data? What is this information? Um, what is going on? And and both with ourselves and with the work that we do. Um, and when we can start putting it together, um, right? Like your career journey, I almost saw like, you know, when you um, kind of weave a rope together, right? Um, you start to collect those other strands and keep going and keep weaving um, until you find something that really does start to fit and feel good. Yeah. And I'll continue to weave, you know, like, yeah, 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 absolutely. This, this evolution, right. Of who we are and how we show up in the work that we do. Uh, tell me a little bit about, 
you know, in your story, you were talking about um, getting ill and having that crash and like having to do your own work. Um, you know, our topic today is a little bit around like listening to your body and being able to tap in and use the resources. It sounds to me a little bit like um, your body screamed at you well before you could have listened to it. Yeah, definitely. Well, my body was whispering, you know, like that's how it goes, right? It whispers for however long until we are like, mm -hmm, not hearing you. <laughs> and then it screams, right? And we built that house and the stress came down upon me. And with what I was already not listening to, it just, it was all done. So, um, yeah, I mean, I remember laying on that we were building the house, living in the shop, and I remember laying on the shop floor and I was like, I know what to do. I just couldn't get myself there. And so uh, initially I went and got on prescriptions, right? Like just to just get back to where I could actually function. But I knew that a prescription is there to maintain my dis-ease rather than walk me out of it, right. So to get back into ease, I knew I needed to pick a different course. So, um, yeah. So, and actually it happened per chance. Uh, I just, I kept forgetting my prescription and I live in the country. And so I just didn't pick it up and it's not recommended that you def necessarily take this path. It's just mine. Uh, but so I, there was no titration. It was just like, and we're done. So I said, honey, I, if you will take this ride with me, I'm going to stay off of these meds. And he said, okay, let's do it. So I just began to dive deep. Uh, you know, you're going in, right? We're going in. There's lots of times of distress and you hit those barriers of what the hell am I doing and why am I doing this? And am I going to push through? Uh, am I going to go back? Nope. There's no going back. Like you reach a point where there is just no going back. Right. So like I said before, I had done cleanse after cleanse and had gone back to the same sad way. So it all just kind of unfolded in showing me that there's way more to it than just food. Right. So uh, it, it, it just unfolded, right? Like it becomes a three-step process as now I now know of it. We are shifting our food, we're updating our mindset and we're befriending stress, right? Really tapping into the nervous system, tapping into the mindset, tapping into our spirituality. Um, yeah. So I don't know how much detail you want me to go into, but, uh, it has been a journey for sure. Embracing stress. Like I, I love that term. It's it's so interesting because of those fascinating conversations that I've had this week, a lot of it has been around this idea of we so often try and push away or cover up what we're feeling when it feels quote unquote negative or bad. Instead of saying, this is what I'm feeling. What is this feeling telling me? why is this feeling here? And just leading with curiosity around what's actually happening and the data. I know Louise always loves data. What's actually happening in our body and what our bodies are telling us because our bodies are very wise. They can't always um, communicate with us or we haven't necessarily learned to communicate with our bodies in a way that we always know exactly how to address what's happening. 
And yet if we approach it with curiosity, which it sounds like Keisha is exactly what you were doing, um, right? You got to that point of saying, all right, well, take this ride with me. We're going to figure this out. Um, we'll just look under the stones and figure out what, what my body is saying it needs. When we learn to communicate with it in that way and are able to hear it instead of la la la, we get to create what's right for us. And it, and embracing stress is one of those. Like the number of people who have told me, Kim, if you just reduced your stress, I'm like, okay, one, you don't know how much I've worked on stress in my life. And two, there is like, there's a part of me that this is hardwired. This is who I am. And I'm doing what I can to support my body. And the more I fight the stress, the more I'm like, I'm not stressed. I'm going to zen. I'm going to zen. I'm going to breathe. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to zen. I'm going to be fine. And I just fight it, the worse it gets. Right. I don't know. Did you find that to be true for yourself? Is like when you fought it, it got worse. Well, I mean, the old saying, if you, what you resist persists, right? I mean, yeah. like, it's just the way it is. So yeah, the fact is our stress isn't going anywhere. Hey, Kim, I, you'd like to reduce your stress. Well, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. But let's get real. Like, even if we lived on the beach, there's stress there, right? We're, it's going to find us. So we can't get rid of our stress. We have, it's a clutch part of the process to learn how to befriend the stress and listen to the body while you're in it. Like the body has mechanisms. The heart is pumping to bring you more blood so you can handle what's going on, right? Your breath is, is deepening so you can have more oxygen within that blood. So you can think clear and be part of the solution rather than tapping into the other part of stress and being part of the problem, right? Yeah. And, you know, you both kind of mentioned this. I want to, I kind of want to dig deeper into it is that sometimes we know what we should be doing, right? But it, we know, we know we should be reducing stress. We should be, right, looking after ourselves. We should, we should, we should. And we get stuck up here in our heads. And yet what I heard you both say was that really what moves you forward in a way that was integrous to who you are came from like below the neck. Mm -hmm. Why, why that, why do we have that disconnect? Why do we get stuck here and, and forget that really what's going to move us forward comes from our heart and our gut, our hut. That's what I like to call it. You mean beyond the um, conditioning that we have been conditioned to believe I won't go so far as to say from the, oh, I will, from the patriarchy that logic is the only way through. You mean beyond that? <laughs> and it's just the imprinting, right? It's the BS. It's the belief system, right? And that patriarchy is very, runs thick in our imprinting, right? So it's the imprint. So we just have to change that imprint. Yeah. Well, because, you know, intuition is what got you burned at stake. Yeah. So it I have no goes, opinions on that. It, it goes beyond that in terms of just like ancestral trauma. Mm -hmm. I mean, there is, and maybe that is like the root. I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure, but 
it just is, it runs so thick. We are just such a traumatized uh, race that it's, it, we just, yeah. Okay. So we're taught about the logic, but it's like, we just, we, we feel like the brain is what's going to take us there when really we, the heart is actually communicates more with the brain than the brain communicates with the heart. And we don't have an understanding of that. Right. So getting a deeper understanding of all of that is crucial. Yeah. We, we always think that flows one way, right? Like that information flows like from our heads, from our logic, from our minds into our bodies, into our hearts, like, right. And drives who we are and how we show up in the world. And that's really not what science is showing us at all is that the information flow is actually the opposite, that more information comes from our gut and our heart, uh, right. To our brains. And which I think is is amazing to even think about, right? Like that's, that's like us changing who's driving the bus, uh, in mid journey. Right. Right. And then you get to close that knowing doing gap, like yeah. you were just speaking of, right? Yeah. Like we know what we're do, what to do. We're shitting yeah. ourselves to death, yeah. but then we just don't do it. And then we lay there in guilt and shame because we haven't done any of those things. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we get out of the head, we get into the body, we start to understand that the mind is actually in every cell of your body. And so you start to really just tap into deeper and deeper levels and move out of that through knowledge, right? And through, I think, resetting the nervous system as well. Yeah, oh so I was going to that's huge. Sorry. Yeah. No, like I was going to ask, like, so how do, like, how do we do this? How do our listeners do it? How do our clients do it? Like how do folks, like, how do we say, okay, we know, right. That information flows opposite. We've got these stories and these beliefs that we carry with us that aren't serving us anymore. And what the heck do we do about it? Like, how can we start to listen to our bodies in a way that actually makes a difference? Do you have tips or tricks that you can share that really can help kind of break that barrier, right? That, the, I don't know, the neck barrier. I'm gonna yeah, totally. Keisha, I'd well, love to hear, I'd love to hear yours. And then I'd love to share a little exercise that we can do. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, well, as I mentioned, is this three-step process, right? So shift the food, which decreases the inflammation. It allows you to think clearer. Right. So we decrease the inflammation as a whole and then updating the mindset, creating a new daily mode of operation that you can sustain without constant conscious effort. Right. Like you just baby steps. It's the law of sensitive dependence on initial conditions, which refers to the fact that an extremely minute variation held over the course of time can have the effect of producing a profound change. Much as a ship whose bearing is one degree off compass will eventually end up hundreds of miles off course, right? So we take these baby steps and we take them for a long time. That is also how we re-imprint the belief system, right? The paradigms shift through time-space repetition. You hold on to it, you grab a thought, and you change the belief because a belief is just a belief, a thought that you've thought for a long time. Yeah. So we can just start thinking a new thought and think it for a long time. And so it takes time. So, but then the third step is re-imprinting the nervous system. As Kate Northrup tells us, it's like your body, your nervous system will hold you in a familiar hell rather than allow you to go to an unfamiliar heaven until 
the nervous system thermostat is reset. So a tiny tool, and Kim's going to go through an exercise with us too, but so as they're, as they're finding, like we were talking about, the heart is giving the brain the signal to then produce the chemicals. Are we stressed or are we calm, right? So there's four words that uh, in, ignite that, uh, that, that calm feeling coming from the heart. Care, compassion, appreciation, and gratitude. So... Another thing that impacts this is our digestion. So when you're eating, if you're stressed out, you're going to shut your digestion off. But if you're calm and cool and in that rest and digest, your digestion is going to happen. You're able to utilize the nutrients. You're in an aerobic state within the body. So when you're thinking, when you're eating, think about something that you care about or have compassion for or are grateful for or appreciate, right? Like, so offer your body that space of calm. You can do this anytime, obviously, but when you're doing it, when you're eating too, it offers your space to actually utilize the food that you're putting into it, right? So that's just one tiny little tool. Somatic tools, there's so many somatic tools, look into it. I mean, there, it, 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 find something that works for you, find a teacher that works for you, right? Like there's so many tools out there. Yeah. Well, I love that. And do, I, you mentioned Kate Northrup. I, I love her work. Um, she particularly works around um, resetting our nervous system around money, but money. it's really good for anything in the world. Um, and so one of the practices that I love to do is, is it's a somatic exercise of, of amplification and then getting your nervous system back down. So if we were to think about something that makes us feel that, that anxiousness. So what's something that like, if you were just to think about it, we I was just talking with somebody who got a bid on a, um, renovation that they want to do. And it came in $90,000 higher than she thought it was going to be. That caused a lot of anxiety, right? So if we think about that, if we if you think about you just got a bill that's ninety thousand dollars higher than you thought it was, where do you feel that in your body? Where do you I, feel I, it in your body? Oh, well, I, I don't know if you noticed, but as you were talking, I did have a thought that brought a lot of anxiety to me, and my whole I just shivered. I got goosebumps, and I just shivered. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, not liking that. Yeah. Okay, so how about for you? In my throat, in my heart, it shows up in my shoulders. It's all very right here for me. Yeah. Yeah. For me, there's a constriction. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm not this again. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. You feel the old, it's the old tension. Yep. It's all that old tension. It's the old stories that we have held. And usually they're not our stories. They're somebody else's stories. And so they're trapped in our bodies and we feel it. And that shows up as the sensation. And normally we would then make a decision, make an action from that place. And so what I want to encourage you to do is actually make that more intense. So make the chills, make that intentional feeling in your throat and in your shoulders and in your chest, make it more intense. Imagine it getting bigger. Imagine it taking over and growing and growing and growing. It's getting bigger until the point where you want to rip off your clothes, where you want to, you know, ch uh, pull at your chest, like you want it gone. You just keep making that feeling bigger. And then you take a deep breath into that space. Sometimes I put a hand on it. I mean, I'm putting my hands on my chest now because I almost always do. You put your hand on that space as you're breathing in. And you're feeling that 
come back to normal. Sometimes it can take a minute depending on how big you made it. But as you allow yourself to regulate that feeling in your body, you can really bring your nervous system back from that flared place, that place that created the chills, that created that tightness in your throat and in your shoulders and your chest. You can make it so big that it's untenable, and then you can bring it back to a state of, of calm, of evenness. What that's, when we practice that over and over again, we start to recognize that we have control over the feelings and that the feelings are not what's driving the bus, right? That feeling doesn't need to drive the bus. We can make a decision. We can decide how we want to care for ourselves. We can decide if we want to pay that bill or not from a place that has um, us uh, centered and grounded. So it's just one of those little things that I like to practice with my clients when we're in that place of, but, but the anxiety is so much. Okay. Well, let's actually feel what it's like when it's too much. Yeah. Let's get it there. Kim, do you have a resource that we can share with our listeners? Um, I have, I will find one that we can in include in there. I yeah. do have a little meditation that walks people through that. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Cause I think that's so, that's so great to be able to like, really like, just sit there and visualize and feel what's going on in our bodies. Um, I find box breathing. So like, that's how I get back to that small space. Sometimes I can make that too big. Um, and so finding a way to help me bring it back. Um, right. But that again, is like finding those things that, um, that you have control over. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and it comes from here. Yeah. We can't control this often, right? When we're in a state of anxiety and, and, and super stress, we get on that hamster wheel and we're gone. And so it's using our other resources to really help us get control, get back in the driver's seat. Yeah. One of the other things is if you're starting to feel it, right? If you're just sitting there and starting to feel that anxiety, the stress building, is to allow yourself to either open, right? To create openness or to give yourself a hug. And then you feel which one is feels more comforting, right? And again, you just lean into the feeling of what you're feeling like, right? If you're having the tension here or the chills and you feel what it feels like to be expansive, to open up, because that can sometimes feel very comforting because we never, we're rarely in this position, or sometimes it can feel really good just to give ourselves the hug. So that's just like with the box breathing. It's like mm -hmm. if if I don't have access, if I'm if I'm not in a place where I'm like I want it to be really big, it's how do I how do I care for myself in that moment so I can then have clarity of mind, right? Because you don't have clarity of mind when you're flooded with all of this other the chemicals that are moving through our bodies when we're in a state of stress. Yeah, it's true. I really love that exercise because I feel like it also was a tool in practicing altering the experience that you're having and really understanding that you can alter the experience that you're having. So offering more capacity, right? So the resonance is going to get bigger and also practicing how to alter that to the place where you can bring yourself to that calm parasympathetic nervous system. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, because that's where the real power is, right? That's where our real power lies, um, is when we are all, like, all of those things are in sync with one another, right? And so then we can speak, we can hear, listen, see um, from a place of our our own power, our own selves, and then we act from that place of true authenticity, really, mm-hmm. is what that brings us, right? Is that we're acting from a from a core of who we are. Yeah, from a calm heart. Yeah. Right? So when you have the calm heart, the heart is going to tell the brain, hey, we're cool, we're good. All the chemicals can be calm, cool, and collected. Therefore, you're open. You've got that space to receive right? Whatever it is that's coming in. What it reminds me of is a story that you told a long time ago, Louise, and this is out of context for the story, but it remind the feeling was the same of being, um, of your parts, right? The different parts of you, um, who were all of the kids on the bus throwing juice boxes and bologna sandwiches. And it's like, Nobody, I used to work in a school, nobody can make a decision when you have 30, 40, 50, 60 kiddos screaming about something in the background. Like you can't. And that's what that's what's happening inside of us, right? We have all those juice boxes and bologna sandwiches being thrown all around the bus and we're trying to make a decision, right? We're trying to have clarity of mind. We're trying to focus, Right. We, we, everybody talks about brain fog and it's like you said, it's food absolutely has a part to play in it. And so does the fact that we are overloading our circuits constantly. Yeah. Uh, You know, yeah, we did an episode about my parts um, from the best parts podcast. Um, And that is exactly what it is, is uh, that, that noise that's created from all of that, right? All of that stuff that's going on. Um, all we can focus on it, we, we end up yelling that, right? We end up contributing to that, right? As a, like, sit down, be quiet, stop throwing juice boxes, right? You're just adding to the noise. Um, and this whole part of what we're talking about, I think, is the, the practice of listening to your body. It's not like we walk around listening to our bodies all the time. It's like, when are we tapping into our bodies? When do we notice we're not tapping into our bodies? When are we knowing that we're stressed? How can we bring that back a lot quicker or a lot sooner so we don't get to that point where it's just absolute chaos and absolute noise? It's like, how, how do we practice that over and over again so that we recognize, oh, there goes one juice box, right? Being thrown, hey, we get a we get a handle on it before chaos ensues, and we um, we have a harder time bringing ourselves back. Yeah, and really that discernment, right? Because those juice boxes are always going to be there. Right? <laughs> so the discernment of what there's a lot of voices vying for your attention in there, right? So what are this the beliefs that I want to listen to, and how do I really know what the message that is really going to serve me is the right message, right? So really learning to practice and tap in and hearing the message that is that F yes for you, right? If it's not an F yes, it's a no. Hardcore, right? Like just period and end of sentence. So like really learning that 
because your heart is going to tell you if it's a no, it's a no. Right. And so really starting to tap in and it's a practice. It is a practice, but discernment is part of it. And I think that's the hardest part. I mean, I know it was hard for me at first and I know for my clients, it's really, it can be really, really hard to actually understand what that, what those voices are saying. Um, because the, the stories that we tell ourselves, right. That those, those beliefs that we have that are just habitual thoughts, many of which are not even our own, that when we start to pull back from them, there's this fear of, well, but then who am I, right? Who am I if I don't have those beliefs? I don't know what I could believe if I don't have those beliefs. And that's really scary. And so I'll just keep them. It's like, well, you've identified that they're not serving you. So do you have to know where you're going or is it okay just to say, and this is, this is one of the things that I, I love working with people on is this idea of that next thought that's available to you doesn't have to be like the polar opposite to what the belief is that you're walking away from. That next thought is to say, like, could be, this is not my story, right? I'm open to other stories. You don't yeah, have to know what that story is. Yep. Whose beliefs are these anyways? Right? Yep. Like at some point we are like, what? Who? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, belief systems. <laughs> the BS of our lives. <laughs> exactly. The belief systems are the BS of our lives. That, is, that needs to be on a t-shirt. <laughs> Love that. Oh, my goodness. So on that note, what? What have we learned today? What are we taking away with us? What are those golden nuggets we want to make sure we we put in our back pockets? I think for me, it was, we said it a couple of times, um, was around this idea that we take micro actions to make change, right? And we forget often that it's the small little drops in our bucket that actually fill our bucket. Uh, and we can put those drops off sometimes because we say, oh, it's just, it's just a drop. I'll get to that drop next week or I'll do that thing. And it's like, it's, it's when we can really focus on consistently putting a drop in the bucket. Um, and then we get to reflect and look back and say, holy smokes, right? Like, look at look at what I've added to my bucket. Look at my resources that I have available to me now. Look at how I've changed or grown. Um, and so, yeah, so we, we all kind of talked about it a little bit, but I, I just wanted to kind of call that thread out because that is about really making sustainable lasting change is when we can do these little micro actions to to really make a difference but that's that was my nugget i i love that and it's like really starting to like fill up the bucket enough where you're overflowing and really can be of service right like most of us are stepping into this because we want to be of service uh so but my little nugget let's see i really loved that exercise, Kim, uh, just in terms of the capacity and then having, it's the second exercise this week that has really uh, just driven home that like that you can really alter the experience that you're having, right? You can create it to be large. And then at the same time, you can walk it right back down into a very manageable and tiny baby drip in the bucket, right? The step. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
Oh, I'm so glad that resonated with you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I think my golden nugget is, is the belief systems are the BS of our life. Like, that was absolutely drop. <laughs> yeah. That was absolutely like, yeah. yes. Um, so thank you for that. That was, that one will stick with me for sure. For sure. <laughs> Keisha, it has been a joy having you. What do you have going on um, coming up in the world? Uh, I have a five-day detox happening right after Thanksgiving, a little post Oh, I did said Thanksgiving. I meant Halloween. Post-Halloween uh, detox. I'm on Thanksgiving for whatever reason, because that's coming right up. Good God, it's on our heels. Uh, but you guys just had it there, right? I'm super grateful for you guys. Uh, we're, we got another month. So, But post-Halloween detox is happening November 6th through the 10th. It's five days. It's super easy. We're going to detox some sugar. You get emails and it, you know, walk you through the whole thing, right? I'm there with everybody the whole way. Uh, it just is, it's part of my let's stay sane during the holidays campaign, shall we? Like, let's stay sane because here they come. And it's, if we're already in overwhelm and anxiety, I mean, what's going to happen when we get there, right? So we can just start calming our body and st start the process of staying sane right now. Rather than like, I'm in it. I want to stay sane. How is that possible? It's not. Try it again next year, right? So let's start now. <laughs> well, I love it because like, right, that was the vision of the juice boxes. Like you're in the middle yeah. of the holidays. Those juice boxes are off flying. They're flying. <laughs> yep. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And Keisha, where else can people find you in the world? I am on Instagram at at Keisha at Keisha dot Lawrence dot um, yeah at Keisha dot Lawrence and then Facebook I am Keisha Lynn Lawrence and also Lotus Healthworks with Keisha Lawrence on Facebook as well and then here is my website KeishaLawrence.com. perfect and all of those beautiful links are in the show notes as well so people can hopefully connect with you and um, continue the conversation. Louise, how can they continue the conversation with the conversation with us? <laughs> well, you know, we just don't do this live podcast thing uh, about kick-ass uh, conversations. Uh, we also have a collective full of beautiful humans who want to continue the conversation uh, and connect with others who are going through some of those same challenges. Uh, you know, together we can create our own kick-ass careers. Um, and that's what our collective is all about. So hop on over to your kickasscareer.com and check us out. Absolutely. And finally, what do we have coming up next week? Jocelyn, see, I wanted to say before the banner came up. Um, you did a good job. I did know that Jocelyn is on our show next time. Do you, and, do you know uh, what we're talking about, though? The lessons along the way. Um <laughs> Absolutely. So tune in uh, to our next uh, live. Um, or if you're listening on the replay, um, check us out on all the places. Uh, we turn this live into a podcast and uh, you get to listen uh, on your walk, on your drive, uh, wherever it is that uh, meets your needs. So please join us in all those spaces when you can. Again, Keisha, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, everybody, for joining us live. Um, we hope that whatever was going on with LinkedIn got sorted. And if it didn't, we hope you joined us on either Facebook or YouTube to check out the rest of today's. Um, we are looking forward to seeing everybody back here next week. And thank you all again.
All right, everyone. Take care. Bye for now. Bye for now. <laughs>